so never, never before has there ever been a story like this that has made me so afraid of everything. Right. Um, I, I, I'm afraid to like step into my kitchen. Yeah. Now, because everything in there is trying to kill me. Oh, I trust nothing. It's everywhere. No, man. I finally, I finally, um, like got on your wavelength of, you're always the one spreading conspiracy theories whenever we do these. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've even scratched the surface on what you actually believe in. Uh, but this is one of the times where I learned something and was like, oh, fuck. Like, maybe, though. Yeah. Like, maybe there is a secret conspiracy by companies in the government to try and kill me. Yeah. I mean, not you directly. Like, yeah, but maybe me. But at, maybe at some you, point. At some point. It's terrifying, to say the least. <laughs> Well, uh, I was not okay when I first found out about this. No, I don't think I'm. Think I'm still not okay. I'm, yeah, I've been when you so first upset. learn about it, you're not okay. This made me want to like study law and then like attack corporations. Like that's what this did to me. I, that's completely fair. And now, now that you at home are wondering what, what are the they, hell are they talking well, yeah, about? What are they talking about? Well, we first want to welcome you back to season two. Woo! We did it. We got 10 under our belt. Hopefully many more episodes to come, many more seasons. Um, We have some interesting things uh, coming out by now. We've already debuted our bonus episode series called Small Claims Court, uh, where I talk about uh, lawsuits that aren't big enough to cover in a full episode uh, against companies or the rich, and we we get to learn about them. So hopefully you guys have been enjoying that, and... My name is Kashan Basildor, uh, back again with... Nina Kern. And we're here today to talk about another DuPont. Yeah, so this is what happened. So, Kashan and I were like, yeah, let's... For the season finale, we were like, let's do DuPont. And I was like, cool, whatever. He's like, this one's cool because it has to do with murder. I was like, okay. I, I definitely specified the murder multiple times. He did. He did. Which technically, this has murder in it too, it's just... Inadvertent murder. I was about to say you were you're, and, you're drawing some lines that aren't and, there, but okay. And so um, I forgot about the murder part, mm-hmm. and I just typed Dupont scandal into YouTube, and this documentary comes up, and I'm watched the whole thing. I'm low key traumatized, and I was angry, and I was ready to do the podcast. And then Kashan sends me his notes because he was in charge that week. It's a six-page outline. A six-page outline. And I was like, uh, this is not the documentary I watched. <laughs> no. Was, uh, hopefully you guys listened to our season finale. It was all on John DuPont. And if you the, haven't, uh, you can go back and listen to it. Yep, go back. Uh, please listen to all of our episodes. Uh, they do. We, they tie in occasionally. We'll make a reference here or there. Yeah, but I don't ever remember. So. But Nina does not remember. So it's no. just me making references. Yeah. But but Nina, yeah, whole thing. She researched the entire wrong topic. Yep. Uh, and, then, and then I sent her the, the outline, what, the day before? <laughs> yeah. And then I just get a text with, like, I researched the wrong thing. Oops. So now Nina And gets, he was like, how did you do that? And I was like, I don't know how I did it, but I did. I don't know how she did it either. But luckily for us now, our whole uh, season two premiere uh, gets to be taken uh, by Nina, who yeah. researched uh, the DuPont uh, water poisoning scandal. Yes. Murky waters. What's the, what's the show that... Came out in 2019. Dark Waters. Dark Waters. Which I did watch, so we'll get I, to talk about it. So I did not. No. So, Kashan can tell you all about it. Yeah, also, uh, by the way, starring Mark Ruffalo oh. as the main character. So Mark Ruffalo was in two documentaries about DuPonts because he played Dave Schultz, the man that John DuPont murdered in Foxcatcher, and now he played the main character, Rob Bilet, the lawyer in Dark Waters. So uh, he's got a thing for DuPont. I've seen a lot of Mark Ruffalo acting recently. Yeah, he's fantastic. Some would say one of the best. I'm just kidding. No one said that. Um, All right, so let's get started. Let's get down and dirty in this DuPont water scandal. If uh, you're anything like me, you had never heard of it before until you found the BBC documentary on YouTube that scarred your life. I did not, and this is like 10 years ago. 
that like or eight years ago that it was finally like the final decision was made. Yeah. On this case. Well, and the last payouts, the last payouts happened in 2017. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is it's not it didn't wrap up that long ago. So you've all heard of Teflon, that beloved kitchen item that makes your stuff not stick to the pans. Listen, nonstick pans are great, but now you're never going to want to use one. So. In 1960, Teflon introduced its nonstick pan for commercial use. And so these things went like gangbusters because you didn't have to scrub your pans anymore. So I saw that in the notes. What the fuck is gangbusters? When it goes like gangbusters, it means like it's just going, flying off the shelves. Never heard that term before in my life, but okay. I wrote that and I was like, he's going to give me... A bad time about writing gangbusters. I thought it was, some, thought it was something sexual. I was no. just like, that's just Nina throwing. No, <laughs> throwing this a little was actually in here. not sexual for once. I didn't make a sex joke. So anyway, and then I just, it was a really shitty marketing, but their like commercial was like, nothing sticks to Teflon. And now I was like, that is, that's as bad as the Hot Pocket this is slogan. Bad as, this is as bad as Got Milk. Got milk? It's like, yeah. Hot pocket. I do got milk. You made me buy it. Yeah, you made me buy this shit. I need it for cereal. Oh, my God. So let's uh, let's uh, let's circle back a little bit and go back a little bit before 1960. And we're going to talk about uh, how Teflon was created, if anyone cares. So Teflon was accidentally invented by Roy, I'm going to say his last name wrong, Plunkett. Accidentally invented. <laughs> And Roy Plunkett was from Ohio, just like me. Well, And see, I kind of retract the mean things I said about people from Ohio. That they're all trash bag humans? Yeah, because he made Teflon. Which, I mean, arguably was shitty. And you're going to find out why. So anyways, this happened in 19... He made this on accident in 1938 when he was working at the DuPont company. So what he was actually trying to do was he was trying to create an alternative to refrigerant gases. I don't know what he did, but he put the wrong chemicals together, and he's like, oh, my God, this is so slippery. This is awesome. <laughs> and so... That's also just like a big fuck-up, right? Like, you you just mix the wrong things. He was probably trying to find out, thought it would work, and then was like, yeah, man, this isn't keeping shit cold. Yeah, I don't know how he... Yeah, but anyway, he made the wrong thing, and that's how we now have Teflon, which is in... Everywhere. It's in everything. I hate how the DuPont company, every chemical they make always ends in O-N, too. Yeah, Nylon, there's a lot. Teflon, yeah, and then, Tecron, it's all made by DuPont. Honestly, and then they were calling these chemicals different names in the documentary, and I was like, we're sticking to the one name because I'm confused. They did that on purpose. Yeah. Well, yeah, they did that on purpose so that like it would confuse Bring ambiguity people. to it, yeah. Right. So anyways, in 1945, this is when DuPont started the plant dupont started manufacturing and making teflon and during world war ii teflon was used as a corrosion resistant coating to protect metal equipment used in the handling of radioactive materials i thought that was interesting Mm -hmm. they put it on tanks i think that's what they said Mm -hmm. in the in dark waters is that it was originally made they like put it on tanks oh okay okay it's cool yeah i thought it was really interesting um, and then, in 1951, DuPont started using the chemical C8, which you're going to hear a lot about mm-hmm. in this episode. Which I'm, I'm happy about. I was just telling Nina, as, like, uh, uh, as you guys know, if you've listened to it, I have a background in biology. I have a biology degree. I've taken a lot of biochemistry, a lot of chemistry. So when they were started slinging some chemistry terms, I was like, oh, yeah. He got hard. I find it, yeah. I ooh, fully torqued. I was like, oh, my God. His poor girlfriend. Yeah, I have to, like, stare at a periodic table while I'm having sex. Yeah, they have one above their bed. I repeat it, I'm just like, hydrogen, helium, lithium. I don't remember after the first three. Holy shit. It's four. I never took chemistry. So. Cool. (laughs) And that's also probably why I got 21 on my ACT. But anyways. So, in 1951, they started using, DuPont started using C8 in its production of Tempron. Teflon. All right. So, big part of this story happens in a little town called Parkersburg, West Virginia. All right. Now, Parkersburg is a quaint little town, not too big. A lot, of, a lot of simple folk, as they would call it. Good old boys and nice girls. Mm-hmm. 
It's a whole town filled with them. So anyway, they had a huge DuPont plant there. A large portion of the Parkersburg population worked there because it's quite a little quaint town. It's not a lot of job opportunity. Yeah, it's how all these work. It's how prison towns get set up. Yeah. Or like a prison's there. Everyone works at the prison or everyone's dad is in the prison, you know? Yeah. Or a factory works in everyone's dad or mom works at the factory. It's just how it is. Like there's whole settlements that are made or well, whole cities that are made just because a factory was well, built Well, that's kind of like Akron where I'm from. I mean, you had the Goodyear plant there and that's what really brought people to Akron. You kidding me? It's not the Zips? The Akron Zips? It's not the Akron Zips. <laughs> so... In this little town of Parkersburg, there were some strange things that were happening to the employees who worked directly with the Teflon. This all started coming to light when pregnant women who were working directly with the C8, they were making the Teflon in their, uh, you know, however they made it. They had a big, like a big bucket. It's not a bucket. It's not a, a vat, I think is more appropriate term. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you. It was a vat. They would work with these vats, and they would make the chemical. So the women who were making these chemicals, they started having babies who had super serious birth defects. Mm -hmm. And so they started linking, even though DuPont denied it, um, there was a link between the women who worked with this chemical and the Mm -hmm. birth defects. Yeah, two out of seven of the women that worked in that area of the plant had a child that had birth defects. Yes, I don't know what the percentage of that is, but... It's like 30-something percent, low right. 30s. and not all of those women... I mean, I haven't... Like I'm just, just going to go out on a limb and assume that not all seven were ever pregnant no. while working there. No. So who knows what would have happened if all seven had been pregnant. So once they realized the birth defects were coming more and more common, they this was so shitty, they sent the women home. They were like, oh, yeah, has not just go home. Go home. Hey, why don't you? Uh, why don't you girls take a day off? Huh? Yeah, yeah. You uh, come back when your baby's born. Yeah, like, the, the meds can take a why? Why are we sending you home? I'm just, you know, being nice. Yeah, yeah. I just want you to have a break. <laughs> you need a break. So they sent the women home, and when the men were like, "Hey, could this possibly like hurt us too?" They were like, "No, it won't hurt you." Not at all. You ever, you ever had a baby inside you? Nah, you're fine. Nah. Get back in there, bucko. Yeah, Slap fine. Slap the ass. Yeah, fine. So in the, do- uh, in the documentary, which I will refer to quite often, called DuPont Poisoning the World, if you are interested in watching it. They, uh, there's a lot of the documentary centers around this man. His name is Bucky Bailey. And that mm-hmm. I'm not making that up. It's his birth given name, Bucky Bailey. Sounds like a, an old school baseball player from like yeah. the 1930s. Whose real name wasn't Bucky. They just called him that. Yeah. Nope, this dude's actual birth given name was Bucky, but that's not the worst thing that happened to him. He suffered horrible birth. He had really terrible birth defects, and I actually felt so bad for him mm-hmm. watching the documentary because it just it looked like it hurt. It just looked like. Oh man, they have that. They have that scene where they put the bag in his forehead. Yeah, they had to like blow up a bag in his forehead to stretch the skin. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing, but they put a balloon in his forehead to stretch the skin. Yeah, they were stretching the skin so that they could graft it onto his nose. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was that poor guy. He he had so many things that were wrong with him. He was born with half a nose, one nostril, a serrated eyelid, and a detached pupil. That poor guy. It just looked like it hurt. Even after he was fixed, I'm like, that looks like it hurts. And Mm -hmm. it probably did. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other baby was born with similar birth defects. And they didn't talk about the other baby, but Bucky, who was born in 1981, he had 30 surgeries by the time he was five years old. That's just one instance where you go, okay, it's only two families. It was life-altering. It's not just like, oh, you weren't born with an arm. Oops. That sucks. Like, no, you... Your life revolves around these birth defects now. Yeah, well, it, it was harder for him to breathe. Yeah. Um, it, his vision was obviously impaired. Uh, I think they fixed the detached pupil so he regained sight in that eye. Right. But it can't be what it would have been if it was just a normal eyeball. Yeah, also, you're just spending your, enti- your entire childhood, like, in, in hospitals, hospital. which is not going to be good for any kid, you know? Well, and he also said that he had an eye patch over that eye with the... 
uh, detached pupil. They had an eye patch on him until he was five years old. Oh, so he never even tried to see. Like, they, he had no ability to even try seeing out of that eye until he was five. The eye patch might have been a little cool. Yeah. I mean. I'm not, I, he went through a lot pirate. of stuff. Yeah, he went through a lot of stuff. I'm not saying that it's okay. But, like, I, I would I, if I had a friend that had an eye patch on, I'd be like, this is dope. There was a kid that I went to school with who had an eye patch, and we didn't make fun of him for the eye patch. That sounds like you made fun of him for something else, though. Yeah, he was obsessed with bugs. It was weird. Okay. My dad called him Bug Boy. Your dad was bullying this child? <laughs> Not to his face. Because that makes it better. But at home, he was referred to as Bug Boy if he ever came up. He had a pet tarantula. So? It was strange. Oh, my God. Like, you're not strange. I didn't have a pet tarantula, and I wasn't obsessed with bugs. Great. But, anyway, I felt bad for the women in this documentary, because especially Bucky's mom. Because, like, they were really put in between a rock and a hard place. Like, obviously, me working with these chemicals has caused my baby to look like this, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I can't stop working here, because then I don't have insurance, mm-hmm. and I can't support my family. Which, like, we could sit here all day and talk about that's why we need universal health care. You wouldn't have to put yourself in situations where your health is compromised just for the sake of health insurance. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. There is a man named Wilbur Tennant. And Wilbur Tennant is very, very crucial to this tale. He he was kind of the whistleblower. Uh, Not kind of. He was the whistleblower. Yeah, he started everything. He was the one who got all this into motion. So Wilbur Tennant, he was a farmer, and he sold part of his land to DuPont in 1984. His brother did. His brother worked at the DuPont factory. Yes, yes. Um, and and sold, sold part of his land to DuPont. Right, right. So he sold 66 acres of his land to DuPont directly. And so the, what the company wanted to use the land for a wan- landfill for waste. So they were just going to dump waste onto this land which doesn't even think that just doesn't sound good for the environment anyway it's not i mean that's not that's the whole thing though if you're making a chemical that has a byproduct you have to either repurpose the byproduct to make something else okay or you have to get rid of it somehow how do you get rid of it this is this is how you get rid of it you literally leave it there until it breaks down that's the problem that we're running into is that uh there's too much we're growing things too fast and making too much waste um, without knowing what to do. It's, it's what's, uh, so nuclear power is very efficient, mm-hmm. but it produces nuclear waste that then literally, like, the half-life of it is forever. So what they do with it is that they take it and they just bury it really, really deep. That's the protocol. I and, feel like we should be smarter than that. And like, yeah, well, I mean, you think, but that's, that's but what like, we do. But also, how do you get, how do you get rid of it? I'm not a scientist. No, you'd have to find a way to you'd have to find a way to repurpose it back into another chemical, which is costly and hard. But what's not costly and hard is doing exactly what they did at this landfill, which is they were digging ditches. It. They were digging ditches and taking the uh, C8 powder and runoff from the tanks after they were done making the Teflon and just putting it in the ground. It's so irresponsible. And this was before even they were like pumping it into surface water, right? Which the, right, which, which they yeah, do later, which. Uh, just for clarification, DuPont makes Teflon, but yes. the original creators of C8 was 3M, another yes. chemical manufacturing yeah. company. And when they got the message from 3M about when they got the chemical, it said in the report, don't put it in water. Right. And then they were like, Bleh. Put don't it in the water. What's the worst thing that happen? It's like with medication when they're like, don't drink alcohol on this medication. And you're like, oh, what's the worst thing that happen? Dead. And then you die. <laughs> it's basically what they did with this chemical. So anyways, he lived near the factory in Parkersburg. Mm-hmm. Well, Wilbur Tennant. That's why they bought the land because it was nearby. And so he continued to live and farm on the property adjacent to the land that he sold DuPont. And this was not a little farm. This was not a hobby farm, as my parents would call a small farm. Uh, hobby farm. I don't know where this term came from. But like, my, so, like someone just wakes up one day and they're like, I'll you know. A, well, you know, there are hobby. Like, okay. You I know do, what, Margaret? I'm going to give up making ships in a bottle and I'm going to buy a farm for my hobby. Well, but Wilbur Tennant, this was his livelihood. Cows were his life. Cows are life. Cows for life cows for life so it was a big it was a big ass farm it had 200 cows on over 600 acres of land that's a lot Mm -hmm. 
My parents own four acres of land because land's easy to come by in Ohio. And uh, that's a lot of land. So that's like times over 100. So. <laughs> wow. Nine is finally finding out about math. <laughs> I hate math. I hate math. So. Anyways, big old farm. You wouldn't think it's a problem, right? Wrong. So, after selling the land to DuPont, Tennant started noticing that his cattle were acting strangely. So, an example of this would be when a cow needed to be milked. Now, normally, I guess when you milk a cow, I've only milked a cow once in my life. Uh Uh-huh. I've watched cows get milked at the fair. (laughs) At the fair, like people people gather around and they're like, "Hey, so look, they're they milking like, a cow like it's a fucking play." So they would have the cows up on like a st- that kind of. They were like up on a stage, not like a play stage, but they were up on a lifted, you know, like okay. platform. I okay, guess. and I'm, I'm getting would, the senior setting. Yes, please. Yes, and it's dirt floor. Great. It's made out of wood. Actually, that's how is this cow getting milked so in anyway, public? Sorry, sorry, sorry. So it's on the it's on the platform, and then you've got the pumps, and you put like four cows up there, and there's four pumps, and then you hook the pump up to the udder, and then you push the button, and then it'll milk it. Oh my god! But you can do it, <laughs> can do it by hand, which I did in kindergarten when we went to the farm on a field trip. So, anyways, they're like five year olds touch touch cow udders. <laughs> I'm not, oh my god, I wish I would have thought of this. There's a video of a kid who's at a farm, and they're like, God, they like, keep telling the kids to milk the scout, and he touches the cow's udder, and he's like, he's like four. I'll show you the video later, but it's hilarious. And he touches that cow's udder, and he goes, That is a penis. <laughs> he's like, Disgusting. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so funny. But anyway. I'm just saying, you can milk cows in public there, but if I want to buy one milking table, I'm fucking weird. Yeah, well, yeah, still. <laughs> but anyway, normally cows will just let you milk them they don't really put up a fight well dupont's cows started being weird he would try to milk them and then they would start charging at him which a cow running although they are not fast it is still scary i don't like it when cows run towards me nah man they might step on you yeah and they're oh god my mom got her foot crushed by a cow yeah my so I'm really, like, not selling myself very well in this podcast today. But when I worked at the butcher shop. Today. When I worked at the butcher shop. Uh-huh. My boss got kicked in the face by a cow. Cool. And he was trying to kill it, so, I mean, I guess. And he was trying to castrate it. So Well, it wasn't a cow. It was a bull. But anyway, he kicked him in the face, and that looked bad. So, it is scary. So, anyways, they were charging at them. So, when all this, you know, tenants really realizing, like, wow, this is super weird. Like, my cows are charging at me. Other things are weird. Let me take some home video. So, he took his camcorder with a VCR tape. And he started taking video of the land. And especially the creek that, or as they would probably say it, the, the creek. The creek that ran through his property. And in the video, you can see that the water is frothing. Mm-hmm. And water's not supposed to do that. No, and actually, that's a good sidebar for me to talk a little about what C8 is. Yeah, do it, because I'm not going to cover that. From a from a chemical side, so uh, C8 is just a bunch of carbons uh, linked together with a fluorine atom attached, uh, and like an amine group, don't worry about that. And it what it is, is it's a surfactant. So surfactants are uh, anything that uh, break up the surface tension of whatever you put them in. So like soaps, soaps are a surfactant. Okay. Um, so they they foam. So yes. Okay. Okay. So that's how he kind of knew he's like, oh man, something's in this thing. Something's in the shit. Yeah, because water's not supposed to foam. No, it's just not supposed to. Well, not this much, at least. No, you got a little waterfall. Get some white water well, going on. Okay, fine, but uh, it looks like someone poured bubble bath bubble in, 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 in your crick. Some something wrong. Yeah. No, and also it wasn't just the cows that were acting strangely he started noticing that wild animals were dying on his property so deer were dying fish started dying in the creek um you know blood so the deer and as well as the cows um this is gonna get graphic and kind of gross so if you have a weak stomach i don't know uh turn it down for a couple yeah it's get forward a little bit because it's pretty bad yeah so uh blood was starting to, with the deer and the cows the blood when they die, blood was coming out of their ears and their eyes. And then 
This is what was actually like super scary. It was, and you'll see it on his home videos in the documentary. These cows are literally deteriorating. And they look super sick. And it is, like, I am not a huge animal person, but I still was sad. Because I was like, that poor cow, it has to hurt. Like, their eyes were changing colors. Mm -hmm. And they weren't supposed to be that color. Um, Their teeth started to turn black. Their backs would get humped. And then chunks of their hair or fur or whatever you want to call it were just falling out. So it was causing alopecia. In the cows, which is something that I didn't even know could happen in animals, which makes sense. I mean, if it could happen in humans, it can happen in animals. But um, and then their hooves became malformed. They were backwards. Yeah. Like legitimately. It was really weird. Freaking weird. And their eyes. So some of them would turn blue, but then some of them would turn red. They had constant diarrhea. And this is a quote from a uh, article I read. They started slobbering white slime that they said looked like toothpaste. Wouldn't put it in my mouth. I would not put that in my mouth. And then their legs became bow-legged. So these poor guys, these poor little cows, I feel so bad for them. I do. I feel bad for them. And also, what I didn't find out was what exactly Tenet was using these animals for. I don't know if he was selling them for meat. Yeah, both. Milk and meat? Yeah. Okay. Um, because uh, in the movie, there was even a scene where he, like, it was really gross, actually. Uh, Rob uh, Billet shows up, and he just pulls out a bunch of body parts from his freezer, from his cows, where he's like, look well, at yeah. these teeth. They're black. And yeah. then he just pulls out a big mass. He's like, that's a tumor I cut out of one the other day. Yeah, they were also getting tumors. And um, he also, well, he started dissecting the animals because he was like, what the heck is going on with these things? So he would dissect the animals to try to figure out what was wrong with them. And then he noticed that their organs and that there was discoloration in the organs. And then they were also enlarged as well. So tenants, this has been happening for a while. So tenant, which we just talked about, Rob Bloyd. Uh, in 1998, tenant sought legal help. And the lawyer's name was Rob Bloyd who helped him. So when this was brought up. And they have kind of figured out that DuPont might be linked. DuPont's lawyer, Bernard Riley, who's a piece of crap, I don't like him at all, said this about Tennant and Rob Bloyd. The shit is about to hit the fan in West Virginia. Go ahead. Why don't you read it? Because you wrote it. Sure. The shit is about to hit the fan in West Virginia, WV. The lawyer for the farmer finally realizes the surfactant issue. He is threatening to go to the press to embarrass us to pressure for big bucks. Want me to read the bad read the bad word? Yeah, there? it says fuck him. That's what it says. I apologize to anybody that's sensitive about bad words. Well, you wrote it. I was writing to an old army friend. So right. Anybody who's sensitive to bad words, don't listen to this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll say fuck every other word you if will. you let me. Um, and so then sadly. Tenant's whole herd ends up, his whole herd of cattle ends up dying. It was like 160 cattle. Yeah. Started out around 200. That's a lot of dead cows. It's a lot of dead cows. So, Rob Billet began to investigate the case. So, he started discovering that DuPont had been studying the chemicals that they were using in Teflon since the 1950s and 60s. Mm -hmm. So, what they were doing... They were studying how C8 was affecting rats when they were exposed to the chemicals. And so they discovered that the fetuses of the rats had scarring of the eyes when they were born. And DuPont claimed that this was okay to continue using it because it didn't affect the rats. It just affected their fetuses. Which I don't know how you don't think that's going to translate to humans. I guess to be fair, you can drink alcohol, but if you drink alcohol while pregnant, you do get fetal alcohol syndrome. Yeah, but if you yourself drink too much alcohol, it can still damage your kidney. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's definitely a sign that's like, hey, this might not be totally safe. Maybe we shouldn't use it. Maybe. (laughs) So we're going to play another clip by Bernard Riley, who is the lawyer of DuPont, just to uh, remind you about uh which documents they were hiding and uh the worst documents that made no sense just play it <laughs> thank you of our worst documents 
that he got in discovery to EPA. You see that, 130? Yes. Now, what are the worst documents? If you were to look at the DuPont documents, how would you uh, consider them I'm worst documents? I'm not entirely sure I re have recollections. I assume they were the tox toxicology documents. I'm just going to assume they were the toxicology documents. It's no big deal. Well, you Sorry, know, no. I, don't, uh, I don't remember. Also, uh, in... In uh, Dark Water, I don't know if this happened in real life because I didn't fact check everything that happened in the movie, but when Rob Billet is coming after him, because he was a corporate defense lawyer for yeah. chemical companies, yep. actually, but his grandmother lived in uh, Parkersburg. Yes, that and how that's he... how Tenet found out about him, was somebody was like, oh, this guy needs legal help, why don't you go to this guy? Yeah. It was kind of a word of mouth. So he, he kind of flips everything he's done and starts going after this corporation, which was really interesting for him to do and he subpoenaed a, a bunch of their uh documents mm -hmm. and what yes. they and they sent him documents from all the way back in the 50s every document that they had in the movie they filled up like a whole room with documents well there is that scene in the documentary where you see him with all those papers oh really so, yeah i can't so, like like they were such assholes about it too they were like oh yeah you want to find out what's happening here, here you go it's like paying a parking fine in pennies. Yeah. Nope. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> they were terrible. They were tolerable. Terrible. Terrible. They were terrible. But, uh, Charles Barkley. Unfortunately, this. So they end up, uh, they do end up settling with the tenants. Uh, they destroyed their lives. They destroyed their livelihood. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, everything that Wilbur Tennant and his family had built up, that farm had been in their family for a while. And him and his brothers really built that farm from the ground up after their dad abandoned them when they were children. And it was all destroyed by the DuPont company dumping C8 into the creek. So anyways, after destroying this man's life, they settled with him for an undisclosed sum, which I would have to think was a good amount of money. Should have been. It's undisclosed. I don't know how much. but How much money they make on Teflon and how they ruin this man's life. It should have been. It's a $25 billion a year business. We'll talk more about that later. But... um. You know, they, they settled with him, but Tennant ended up get, di being diagnosed with cancer, and then he died at a, from a heart attack in 2009 at the age of 67, and then his wife died of cancer two years later. And you can't tell me it's not from the crick. Yeah, and that's like, it's not an isolated incident, right? Like, I mean, it happens to them, like this is one thing, but it seems like that was a thing in Parkersburg. Oh, we'll get into that. Yeah, Parkersburg had horrific um, cancer rates. They were like, huh, DuPont was like, huh, maybe this is, uh, maybe it's not a good idea. Let's just, like, do a little investigation. No big deal. And test a bunch of people's blood. Well, they ended up finding out. That, uh, oops, C8's a little more widespread than we, uh, than we ever thought. And so, uh, everyone, and this is crazy, I didn't know this before I watched the documentary, everyone's blood has a little bit of C8 in it. 99% of humans. Yep. Yeah, that's and, almost everyone. And they think every animal, every animal on the planet, including 99% of humans, has levels of C8 in their blood. Yeah. The, uh... Well, I'm going to let you say your little science thing about this. Yeah, so uh, this chemical is something called biopersistent, and that basically means that this chemical has uh, a long half-life in humans. Like, once it gets in your blood, it stays there, Yeah, and it can be passed on to your children. Right. So even if you've never come into contact with it, because it was in your blood, it's going to be passed on to the next line, and then if they use products that have Teflon in it, they put more in, and basically the um, the amount in blood will gradually increase through the years unless we change something because it's it's just going to accumulate, right? Because it's well, biopersistent. So that was a big part of the documentary. I wasn't actually going to talk about, but now that we brought it up, um, if you remember earlier, probably about twenty minutes ago, we were talking about Bucky Bailey, who had all these horrible def birth defects as a result of his mother working with C eight. He ended up getting married. To a lovely lady that he met in college. Don't remember her name. But they had a desire to have children, and they really had to really weigh the decision on do we procreate or not because the baby, the likelihood of the baby having the same birth defects was so high because the C8 levels in Bucky's blood were incredibly high. Mm -hmm. Higher than his mother, even. Yeah, higher. But, uh, yeah, he just had incredibly high levels of C8 in his blood, so they were worried it was going to be passed on to the baby. And 
luck. So his wife and he and his wife decided to have a baby. I have my own opinion about that that we don't need to talk about. But they decided to have a baby. And thankfully, the baby was born, at least at the time the documentary was released, seemingly healthy. Now, he didn't have any outward defects, but who knows what complications may have arose in his health down the line mm-hmm. from being a byproduct of all that. But but so uh, everyone has the C8 in their blood, mm-hmm. and they concluded that in that in that study, study right? And it was uh, not just in the United States. They went global with this, and it was found everywhere. Yep. Teflon, and, Teflon has been everywhere. It was marketed yeah. all across the world. Well, and it's used in so many different products as mm-hmm. well. So it's not just nonstick pans. Um, you know, if you're, they use it in food wraps. So if you have a sandwich that's wrapped in plastic, like I went to Wendy's today, they wrap my four for four in a little little plastic thing, um, paper. Teflon is used in that. There's Teflon everywhere. There's Teflon in the Statue of Liberty. They use it on planes. They just it, it's in clothing. You know, it's impossible to not come in contact with it in yeah. some way. Surfactants are also something called wetting agents, which means uh, they. They repel moisture. Yes. So basically, if you've ever bought anything that says that it's stain proof or that it's like waterproof, like a fabric or something, it was made using a chemical similar to C8, some other perfluorinated carbon compound. Yeah. So Um, it's in a lot of different things. The only clean blood that they could find, I thought this was crazy. The only clean blood that they could find was archived blood from Korean War veterans at the start of the Korean War. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that this blood was clean was because Teflon hadn't released its products to the population yet. Mm-hmm. So, it, so, so it shows that people before did not have C8 in their blood, and it shows the direct correlation to that Teflon is what caused every human on Earth to have this uh, chemical found in their blood, this bioperistant chemical. Yeah. Um. And then it's also, we we talked about in a bunch of consumer products, but they do think a lot of the reason it's in so many people's blood is because of um, industrial waste, which was what mm-hmm. they were doing on the farm, uh, off the tenant's farm was just. It's in the water. Yeah, yeah it's in the it's water. It's in the water that these people were drinking. You drink it, you bathe in it, you wash your clothes in it, you wash your car with it. You know, even you if can't you, avoid it. Yeah, even if you didn't use Teflon. Well, right. right. If and you're going to have it. And what's scary is it's like even if you uh, filter your drinking water, you're still bathing in water that's not being filtered. Mm-hmm. You're still washing your clothes in water that's not being filtered. So mm-hmm. you're like, you're screwed. You're not going to get away from it, which is scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary. It's already everywhere. It's too uh, late. Yeah. It's, this is like the cockroach of chemicals or the glitter of chemicals. Like you're just not going to get rid of it. <laughs> the herpes of chemicals. It's the herpes. Of chemicals. They actually, uh, what I, Kashan and I both dearly loved this. The nickname for C8 was coined a uh, devil's piss. Devil's piss. Devil's piss. So. Because it's so goddamn strong. Yeah. God, that devil's piss. Uh, so, in 2000, DuPont notified, so, all right, we just talked about it being in the water. Mm-hmm. So, in 2000, DuPont and the local water company, I don't remember the name of it, that's not important. They notified the resi- residents of Parkersburg that the chemical C8 was in their water. Now, this is bullshit because they were like, hey guys, don't worry about it. It's safe. Well, if you're a simple minded folk, or if, yeah. even if you're not simple minded, enough people don't have the enough common knowledge about chemicals. If a company is telling you that it's safe, you're like, okay. Especially because people trust the DuPont company here in Parkersburg because like we said, the whole city is built on this DuPont factory. Right. Everyone works there. It's everyone's source of income. And DuPont made a point to uh, have good PR in the towns they're in. So they fund the little league baseball teams. They give money to the churches. They throw fundraisers for things, you know, so that they look good in these people eyes. So when they send out a letter saying, Hey, this is in your water, but don't worry about it. Everyone's going to just believe it. Right. They sent out that letter to cover their asses because in West Virginia, 
The statute, for at least for this, the statute of limitation is only two years, which is not very long at all. It's not even long enough for you to be alerted, find out something's wrong, and even have side effects. Like, you could easily not have side effects for five years plus. So them sending out this letter and you doing nothing about it for two years absolves them from any sort of responsibility. Yeah, you can't you can't sue them after two years once you're notified. Right. So they figured we'll get ahead of it. We'll notify them. Uh, this is basically warning them, but in a way that no one would take it as a warning. Like, oh, it's okay. Uh, so that if someone did sue them, they could just, well, they can't. Well, the statute can't. of limitations yeah. is run out. Sorry. So fucked so up. So sorry. Um, they ended up, so this is what is also crazy. So there was a part in the documentary that talked about even if your water had, was it one one. Billion? It's one part per billion. One part per... So it's not very much. That's like equivalent to one drop. You put one drop of C8 in a swimming pool, you shouldn't drink the water. An Olympic-sized swimming pool. That's mm-hmm. even bigger than a normal swimming pool. You put one little drop of C8 in that water, you shouldn't drink it. DuPont lost count of how much C8 they dumped into that water. They did things where the DuPont company themselves sent people out like downriver once they realized this might be a problem they sent them like so far downriver and they tested water sources from everywhere around parkersburg to test the amount of c8 that was in them and like all of them had like up to a over a hundred parts per billion of c8 in them i'm no math expert but that sounds like a lot (laughs) I don't like it. You're right on both accounts. Yep. Well, and so we talked about the cows earlier, but the people of Park Burgersburg, they also were having these same side effects that the cows were having. They were getting black teeth. They were oh, having unexpected. Could you imagine just so like your up. teeth just start turning black? And it was, a, it was children. It was like yeah, a little, little girl. Kids. Yeah, it was a little girl that they talked <laughs> that they about in the documentary. In, yeah. yeah. And there were just unexplainable cancers in young people like, Men in their early 20s getting testicular cancer. That's not normal. God, no. No, the, no. Your chances of getting it go way up after you're like 50. But before that, it's like almost nothing. Right. And people were getting sick. Their dogs were getting tumors. Basically, everything that Tennant saw in his cows was happen- happening to the population of humans in Harvard. Kidney disease, ulcerative colitis. They yep. had two people on the dock that lost either just their colon or their colon and part of their large intestine mm-hmm. because they had ulcerative colitis, which turned into cancer because it usually does. Yeah. It's like insane. These people are getting and, very sick. And it was also high cholesterol. High cholesterol is one and, of them too. Um, one of the men in the documentary, he's like, yeah, I have high cholesterol because of this, which you would not think high cholesterol would be cause like... If someone's like you, if you go to the doctor and they're like, you have high cholesterol, you wouldn't think it was coming from something like this. No. Um, but that's probably why Mr. Tennant had a heart attack. Oh, It's probably absolutely. why he got cancer and that's probably well, why he had the heart attack on top of it. Right. Well, there was a man in the documentary who's like, I've got stents mm-hmm. in my heart, in my arteries. Mm-hmm. I have had a heart attack. It's like, it's ruining people's lives. And, uh, you know, when residents were like, all right. There were some residents who questioned it and they, it didn't, you know, they got that letter and they were like, this is, I don't feel right about this. When they tried to get answers, no one would give them any info. And what was also freaking crazy was they were talking about how if birds flew over certain parts of the factory where the C8 chemical was going into the air, because that's the other thing too. It's not just in your water. Now it's also in your air. When uh, birds would fly over certain parts of the factory, they would literally fall out of the sky. And and that happened in like the 1960s when they first yes. started making it. It's there was an account crazy. where someone thought it was hailing and they went outside. It was just a bunch of birds, Dead birds. falling onto the ceiling. It's crazy. And, the, and this is the worst, in my opinion, one of the worst parts of this was the company knew that this was going into the water in 1984. Oh, yeah. But they didn't know they did. until 2000. So 16 years they've been pumping this into the water and then yeah, they, they, literally, they literally just didn't care. They were like, yeah, yeah, get rid of it however we can. So in 2000, we talked about how three earlier we talked about how 3M was actually the originator of C8 and how they were the ones who were producing it at first. They say that they're going. So they in May of 2000, 3M says they're going to change Scotchgard. 
and that they are going to get C8 out of their products. All right. Well, DuPont hears this and they're like, oh, <laughs> they don't think maybe we should stop. They're like, oh my God, ka-ching, bingo. Now we're going to be the only producers of C8. So they start manufacturing C8 in not just Parkersburg, but then they also go to North Carolina, even though their competition discontinued it. Just like the greed of that. They're like, oh my God, this this person shut down making this chemical because it's they think it might be bad for people, yeah. but we use it. We're going to save so much money by making it ourselves. It's so shitty. And that's what I think upsets me the most about this case is just the blind greed of these people like you know you're giving you're hurting thousands of people potentially millions of people Mm -hmm. and you just don't care you do not care so when billet which was tenet's lawyer if you don't remember heard about this he started making uh connections and he realized dupont was dumping these chemicals in the water well he contacted the epa and when uh Billet fought DuPont to enclose the documents. He started sending them. So all those documents from the 60s, he started sending them to the EPA. And DuPont knew that this was a problem. They knew that the C8 caused cancer. They knew all this was bad. They've known this since the 60s. And in 98, they realized that it could cause cancer. But they've known it was a problem Mm -hmm. way before that. And we kind of talked about other animals and the residents uh, having all these Health problems, but every animal that they tested, which, like, I'm not pro-animal testing, but all the animals that they tested on, rats, dogs, monkeys, they all showed cancer. And in the monkeys, testicular cancer, when they were exposed to C8, even at the lowest dose, the monkeys were dying. And if a monkey gets it, it's very likely that a human is going to get it because of evolution. I know, I saw that quote in here, I was like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because evolution. Well, it's true, though. Yes. It's true. We evolved from monkeys. Sorry, Mom. Then why are there still monkeys? Why are there still monkeys? It's the theory of evolution, not the fact of evolution. I hate that shit so much. Well. I literally, my, my capstone in college was um, evolutionary biology, and there was an entire portion set up. The whole beginning of the class was to set up how to debunk those theories. Two months was of that how class. How to debunk what theories? Everyone who was saying that evolution isn't real. We went through all of the main points of what people say about how yeah. the theory of evolution isn't correct, and he's. we went through the arguments to refute all of them. Okay, so you're going to get really mad when I tell you this. But the majority of my science curriculum from K to 12, well, probably K to ninth grade. Oh, man. Was creationism. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I didn't even learn did, about did, I learned Didn't about, we already do this in the Scopes trial? This is ridiculous. Sorry. It's but fine. I didn't have real uh, science education. I actually, this is really embarrassing. I recently found out that I don't, I thought I knew what the Big Bang Theory was, and I actually don't know. I actually didn't know what it was. We're going to have some more conversations. We're going to have to have some more conversations outside of here. I I had a conversation with my friend. She was like, wait, that is not what that is. But back to the monkeys getting testicular cancer. Oh, yes, on a light note. (laughs) evidence should have been disclosed under federal law. They were just hiding this evidence, and you're not allowed to. To just not tell people this shit. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're dumping 50,000 pounds of C8 into the water every year. Mm -hmm. DuPont starts producing announcements saying it isn't cancerous. It isn't bad for you. And just because animals were getting it. It's just like the the argument they made earlier. It's not affecting the rat. Just the rat's fetus. It's like just because it's hurting the animal. It's not going to hurt you. What do you think? A lot of evidence against that, DuPont, but all right, that's fine, I and guess. And so when all this starts coming to light, DuPont actually puts together a team of scientists and legal experts to defend C8. Mm-hmm. And there's a man named Mike McCabe, and he becomes the deputy administrator for the EPA. Well, in 2003, he started working with DuPont alongside with his own company. So he's got a foot in both places. Got a foot in the EPA, in the door of the EPA. He got a foot door. Whoa, a foot in the door of Dupont. All right. So 
He got former EPA employees in the EPA and DuPont. They started working together, and DuPont started manipulating the government to get them to say what they wanted. It's not okay. So this is actually called, and I didn't know about this until this, but it's called a corporate capture. Corporate capture is the means by which an economic elite undermine the realization of human rights and the environment by exerting undue influence over domestic and international decision makers and public institutions. In dumb words, Swin, big companies manipulate the government to get what they want. Big company make government do what it wants. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. And so DuPont was um, urging the EPA to say that their products were safe, and then they did it. Did it. It's almost like buying off governmental agencies is really easy. Yeah. It's almost like that. So, anyways, they end up reaching a settlement. Mm-hmm. And this is in the, the class action lawsuit that was yes. brought to DuPont by the residents of Parkersburg. Yes, yes. They all with came Rob together mm-hmm. with Rob Billet, and they brought a lawsuit against DuPont. So, if they get a settlement with DuPont, and they agree to give the residents. So, this was technically the Ohio River Valley, not just Parkersburg, but. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, they agree to give the residents. $343 million total spread around everybody. So like, uh... It was like a few thousand, I think. Yeah, which Like 3,000 cool. people. Okay, that's still a lot of money. But uh, this was really groundbreaking. This case was really groundbreaking because the plaintiffs refused to take the individual payments. It never happens. That's Like a consensus choice to not take the individual payments. Yeah, and uh, honestly, that was pretty selfless of them because they could have just taken that money. Mm-hmm. But they were like, no, this is bullshit and they can't do this to us. So they really wanted to know. They started... so. Parkersburg, the the residents of Parkersburg and the Ohio River Valley, they actually started a C8 science panel with Billet, mm-hmm. and they wanted to know if drinking the chemical had links to human disease. Yeah, and they used all that money, all $343 million, uh, to fund a the largest epidemiological study in history. Yeah, which is crazy. This was crazy. So they tested six water districts, which I'm not really sure how big a water district actually is. I should have looked that up. Fuck if I know. But... Um, they tested six water districts, and if, if it was linked that there was disease due to the water, anyone in those districts could sue DuPont. So they really started reaching out to people um, to get their blood samples. So they ended a way that they got so many people. 16,000 samples. 16,000 samples. That's a ton of people. Mm-hmm. So the only way, the reason they had such a high turnout rate of participants was because they offered the participants up to $400 to get their blood tested. Now, the only thing is, is if you got your blood tested, you could not sue DuPont if it could be linked to a disease. So if you got your blood tested, you couldn't sue them. That's what the documentary said. I thought it was if I thought it was you couldn't. Right. Basically, if, if they found out it didn't link to a disease, then you couldn't sue them. Oh, maybe I misunderstood that. But if it if they did find that it could be, then yeah, you could sue them. I must have misunderstood that because I thought it was like if you were in the study, you couldn't sue them. No, you could sue them if you were in the study. But that. but everything, the whole case went out the window if they couldn't find a link between the disease. Okay. So if they found links, then everyone could sue. And But if they couldn't find a link between all the samples and the diseases, a definitive link, then, they then everything went out the window. They lost all the money. Okay. No one could sue after that. Okay. Well, West Virginia and Ohio residents could participate. And oh boy, did they ever. And this study took seven years to complete. Yeah, they, they, they gathered all the samples in like a couple months, mm-hmm. but then... The, well, you got to test all of them. Yeah, the actual like scientific study part of it took years. Yeah. And in the movie, people were like calling Rob and being like, "Where the we've thought this was going to fucking happen. Like, you're losing our livelihoods. Like, people died in that time where they called and they're like, you said you were going to help. And people are dying, you know, because... And he kept having to be like, I don't know what to tell you. We're trying. We're working on it. Right. Yeah, it took a really long time, but they did get results, and um, the results did show that drinking the chemical was linked to six diseases. And we, I'm going to say them again. We said them earlier, but I am going to say them again. Kidney and testicular cancers, ulcerative colitis, thyroid disease, 
Preeclampsia and high cholesterol. Don't know what the fuck preeclampsia is. It's bad. It's the disorder of pregnancy characterized by the onset of high blood pressure, often significant um, with a significant amount of protein in the urine. So that... Fun! Yeah, and if it's left untreated, <laughs> it can result in seizures. Double fun! Yeah, so this is bad. <laughs> well, I think all of it's pretty bad. Um, Yeah. <laughs> you can combat it with aspirin. Oh. But don't just go to your doctor. <laughs> like, oh, okay. But, um, yeah, so this was all linked. And uh, a lot of different communities. This ended up being found in the drinking water. So other places decided to start testing. this. The, they ended up finding C8 in drinking water all across the world and the country. Like we talked about earlier, how it's just so widespread. Everyone, yep. 99% of humans have this in their uh Blood and communities, even they just started setting up water distribution sites, which I was like, I've been fortunate enough to not have to ever visit one or see one before. But it was in the uh, it was in the documentary where people were just they were handing out like. But then that's the other thing, too. It's like, how do you know that this water's safe? Yeah, no, I've. Uh, you don't even know if the bottled water is safe. That's what I'm saying about my conspiracy theories. Now I just think everything's fucked up. Yeah, I can't. I can't put anything into my body anymore. I mean, I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to put like a bunch of bad shit in my body. But this makes me well, like. It makes you think, though. It like, you know? makes you nervous. When I, oh my god, I was so angry when I finished the documentary the first time I watched it because I was just like, we're fucked. Yeah. Like, there's no way to get around. Like, there's no way to make it better. And it's super frustrating, and it's just because people wanted to be selfish. Like, this is all just people wanting to be selfish and make their money and not giving a shit about anybody else but lining their own pockets. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just really frustrating. The EPA ended up, they, DuPont got, quote, let's do air quotes, they got in trouble. Uh The EPA ended up fining them um, $16.5 million for failing to report the health risks of C8. $16.5 million to a company whose annual revenue is $25 billion. Dollars, yeah. There was a, th- and we've talked about large numbers once again here. There is a thousand million in every billion, so they made twenty five thousand million dollars every year, and they just they find them sixteen. That's like that's like getting a that's getting like twenty five thousand dollars a month, and then getting hit with a charge for sixteen bucks. Yeah, it's like Hulu. Yeah, it's literally Hulu. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a nice Hulu. That's the one like. The more expensive. Yeah, that's Hulu Premium, bruh. Yeah. No ads. No ads. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's really frustrating and ridiculous. Um, and, you know, that was what they got, that was how they got in trouble. Like, there's just these lawsuits. It was this fine from the EPA. No one went to jail. No. No one got in any real trouble. Well, technically, no laws were broken. That's what's terrible about this. That's what's scary. And we, we didn't talk about something that, that the reason they can get away with all this is because uh, these chemicals are something called self-regulated. So they're regulated by the companies that produce them, which is should not happen. Like, you shouldn't be able to regulate what you make if it's potentially dangerous. Yeah. So literally... Du, uh, DuPont is the one who d- decided how much was bad for you. So they're the ones that put out that one part per billion was bad for you in the first place. It wasn't the EPA who like set a limit. They make it for themselves and then they broke it. Yeah, that's what's so, so scary. They can do whatever they want because it's not regulated by the government. <sighs> this chemical and a lot of other chemicals, like 88,000 unreg- like yeah. unregulated yeah, chemicals are out. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, because... And they're self-regulated. So the companies that produce them are also the ones that set the regulations on them. It's so... It's broken. That's a broken system. It's so bad. Because in 2015, there ended up being a law in place that said you cannot make C8 anymore. You can't use C8 anymore. And so they were like, okay, fuck C8. Let's make this other new chemical to replace it. It's called Gen X. And uh, we don't know the health risks associated with Gen X. I don't know what chemicals Gen X has gone into. And it's they, the same thing. And well, it is the same thing because then they did a Basically. rat. They did a rat study about Gen X, and the same things were happening to the rats. Yeah, but from a chemical side, it's also basically the same thing. It's another perfluorinated carbon compound, and these these compounds are the ones that they they have these effects. But they also, like you just said, they cause the same side effects in animals, right? And so, 
you know, there's no science to explain long-term exposure to Gen X, which we know it can't be good because it's the same, basically the same thing as C8. Yeah. And so um, because of all the lawsuits that DuPont was facing um, with the C8, they ended up making a spinoff company, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, called Chemers. I think it's Chemers. Chemers. That makes more sense. Like Vapors and Chem. Yep, Chemers. Chemers. So they uh, made a spinoff company called Chemers, which has taken over all the manufacturing of Gen X. It's a shell company. That they can, they yeah. can have go bankrupt if they get enough lawsuits against it. Yep. And I don't know how that's legal. It's really, really... It's just super frustrating, and and Kashan mentioned this a minute ago, but Gen X is one of 88,000 unregulated chemicals used in our everyday products. We have no idea what we're putting into our bodies, yep. and it's terrifying. And because they're all regulated by the companies. Yeah. And um, in 2017, this is where we're going to start to come to a close. In 2017, DuPont and Chemers agreed to pay $671 million to settle lawsuits in the leaked chemicals. But again, no one's gone to prison. And there are over 600 more forever chemicals like C8 that will never leave your body after you die. C8 is still in your body. 600 of these are still not under regulation. Yeah. And that and that 671 million that they got paid out from victims of this C8 chemical uh at first so when they made that that uh science board to uh investigate they said if you find it will will pay out a certain amount when it came out that it did they took it all back and they said now we're not going to settle with you we're we want to try every single one of these lawsuits individually we will fight each one of them individually there were 3500 of them and they said yeah we're going to fight all of them individually and when they lost the first four that's when they settled for that 671 million so they they just tried to drag it out and make the process as hard as possible for everyone as well, well everyone yeah, who already had I- people die yeah, it, it's like anybody, anyone in power who, or anybody who has enough money, they draw up the process as long as they possibly can, just so that the average Joe can't fight it. They can't continue to afford to fight it. And that's what's so, it's just wrong, and it's not okay, and it's super corrupt. And I'm not going to lie to you, I, I didn't yell as much as I thought I was going to yell or make as many exasperated noises as I, I thought I was going I yelled enough for to. you. <laughs> but uh, honestly, when I first started researching this, um, this made me as angry as Enron did. This made me more angry. Yeah. Because at least no one died from Enron, you know? Right. I yeah. mean, they, they did hurt a lot of people with the, with the power outages in California. Yeah. You know, and some people got injured and stuff because of that. But this is like people are like dying and they've ruined the world. Possibly. Right. That's what's so crazy. It's like you, you've destroyed everything just because you want to line your pockets and not make my egg stick to the pan. Simple minded humans, they will buy our, our chemicals to not have to scrub their dishes as hard. And you know what? I've fallen for that trick. I have. I and now to, I don't. I still have Teflon pants. I'm switching to cast iron. I don't know about you guys. I have cast iron. My roommate and I are about to buy stainless steel pans. Hey, look at that. I'm going gonna to buy a new wave. Isn't that that copper, that copper lined one or whatever? Um, Yeah, those are expensive. Hey. Did you know some pots and pan sets are $500? Yeah. I didn't know that until today. I'm going to do we adulthood, looking- Nina. We were looking at the pans, and she's like, she's like, what's our, she's like, what's our budget? And I was like, I don't know. But like 50 bucks, what the yeah, fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, I don't want to spend more than $50 on pots and pans. And then she's like, these ones are $500. And I was like, they better cook the food for me without me turning on the oven. Just so put microwave. it in there. You're thinking of a microwave. Yeah. But so... That's the story. That's the story of another Dupont. Yeah. Hopefully, the last Dupont. I don't know about any other things uh, the, the Dupont family or company has done. And maybe we'll find one in the future. Be able to cover it. Um, I hope not. I've had enough of them. Uh, thank you so much for listening, you guys. Uh, Nina is going to take uh, the reins on more uh, episodes. Yeah. This 
uh, season. Yep. We're trying to split the workload yes. a little bit. Uh, thank you so much for all your support again. Uh, please remember to rate uh, on iTunes specifically if you can. If you could give us a five-star review, we'd love it. Um, if you could go to our social media, follow us at uh, facebook.com slash white collars, red hands. And uh, maybe say that my voice is sexy. I don't know. Yeah, Throw give me a bone. Give Nina's uh, voice some love. Yeah. Or go to her Instagram and post it on there. Yeah. I am Nina Kern. Yeah. Or you can go to our Instagram for the podcast. Which is at white collars underscore red hand. Or you can follow our Twitter at white collars pod. So once again, thanks so much for listening. And we will see you guys next week on another episode of white, white collars, collars red, red hands. hands. If you liked this week's episode, please review, rate, or share it on whatever podcasting service you use. Your support helps motivate us to create better content in the future. And if you didn't like the podcast, you can help us improve by sending an email to whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com with Amazon gift card codes and suggestions on how to improve, which we will definitely read. And remember, mo' money, mo' problems. See you next week.